Hey, thanks for listening to Pursue Wisdom, the sermon podcast from Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. I'm Paul Steele. I'm the pastor at Bethlehem Church. And my prayer is that this will be just the right message for this time in your life. So let's open the Bible together as we pursue the wisdom that God has for us. So today we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Uh, this is a standalone sermon. Next, next week we will start on a four-part uh, series uh, on our finances, on money, as I talked about earlier. Uh, and uh, so hopefully you can join us for that and look forward to that as well. So Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. So here we are, the start of the new year, football season is winding down. Now, for some of you, if you are looking forward to the start of the playoffs, like if you're a Vikings fan, you're just kind of like, here's a couple more weeks, playoffs start, that's what you're looking forward to. Now, there's other of us who root for teams like my beloved Broncos, who've already fired their head coach, and we're just like, hey, let's just get this thing over with, and let's get a brand new start going, right? Let's, let's get into that off season, and let's do something so that we can enter next season with a sense of optimism. You know, and that's where a lot of us are. We are looking forward to that new start. And that's what the new year brings to us, a brand new start. And we like new starts. We like new starts because there's hope that things can be different. That things don't have to go the way that they've always gone. That change can actually happen. But you know what? We've been around long enough, right? We've, we've been around this New Year thing long enough to know that these New Year's resolutions just don't stick. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's a running joke, right? Like, we, we joke around the fact that, that hey, New Year's resolutions are around for, for a week or two, and they just don't stick. Change is hard. Now, we've, we've tried in the past to read more, to spend less time on social media, to not watch as much TV, to exercise more, to eat right, uh, to finish all those half-done projects in our garage, in our basement, right? We, we've made these resolutions, and yet it seems like either life, right, or our old habits get in the way and things don't change. We don't make any progress in becoming the, the person that we, we want to be, the, our ideal self. 
Like we just, we're kind of feel like sometimes that we're stuck in neutral. So we're left standing here at the start of a new year, wanting to be a different person, at least in one area of our lives. I think most of us can at least think, man, it would be nice if I could be different here or there. And yet we feel powerless to make anything happen. Like, how do we make progress here? How can we make change happen? But this transformation is really the promise of Christianity. So, so often, I think, we kind of, we make the promise of Christianity about going to heaven when we die. And yet, that's not really what the Bible is about. I'm not saying that's untrue. I'm not saying that that's not a promise. But the real promise of Christianity is that we become new people. That we become new people. That we become the people that God created us to be. Right? Because the problem, our problem it's not that we don't live in heaven. Our problem is that God's good creation has been corrupted by sin, and therefore we don't bear his image anymore. It's all corrupted. We don't clear, I should put it this way, we don't clearly bear God's image anymore. It's corrupted. This creation that God gave to us now has sin and death and sickness and tragedy woven into it. And so the promise of Christianity is that you and I can become these image bearers of God. That we can truly uh, demonstrate God's character in this world. That's what he desires for us that we would once again be able to live in connection with God. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, that we would have that type of relationship. And that's what the Bible is calling us towards. That's the transformation that God wants to have happen in our lives. That is the promise of Christianity. And so one of the major themes that we see in the book of Philippians is the theme of transformation, of becoming new people. In Philippians, the Apostle Paul taught that transformation was possible. But transformation was not the result of legalism, but it was the result of faith. See, we're unable to perfectly keep the law, whatever law it is whether it's God's law or the law that we give ourselves. And I think this is where we so often get tripped up in our efforts to bring change into our lives is that we give ourselves, we may not call it law, but we give ourselves all these laws and what we are to do to make this transformation happen. That's why most of the diets fail, is that we impose on ourselves these laws, and none of us can keep the law perfectly. 
we're going to fail. And then we start to feel like failures and we give up. And so Paul says, hey, if you really want to change, don't try to be legalistic about it. If you really want to be the people that God created you to be, don't be legalistic about it. Because that's not what's going to bring lasting transformation to your lives. Transformation happens, especially the transformation that God desires the most in our lives. Of demonstrating his character, of loving him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. That type of transformation happens as we faithfully follow Jesus day by day, progressing each step of the way. So what does this look like? So in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, I think we discover two actions for spiritual progress. And I think these can be applied in, in other areas, but I think if we really want to make spiritual progress in our discipleship, in our spiritual formation, whatever word you want to use there, if we really want to make that progress this year in 2023, this is where it starts. This is where it begins. So Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I, am not, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So Paul says, I have not reached perfection. And perfection here is, I have not reached this, this uh, place where I bear the image of God perfectly. In Romans, Paul says, for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. By that he means, for all have sinned and we have fallen, we have fallen short of bearing his image. That's the God's glory. We fall short of bearing God's image in this world. And God is, Jesus has rescued us to restore that image in us, that perfection, what we were created to do. And Paul says, hey, I haven't reached that yet. He's been talking about it. This is what it looks like. But I haven't reached it yet. But instead, what I, I, but I keep on pressing forward. I keep on going forward. And so Paul says that there are two spiritual, two actions that we must take if we're going to make this spiritual progress in our lives. And the first action is this. The first action for spiritual progress is to forget the past. Verse 13, he says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So I forget the past. Forget the past. We need to remember that we are in a covenant relationship with God through Jesus. And this is what the Bible calls of being in Christ. So when we're in Christ, we're in this covenant relationship with 
God. And this is essential because if we're in this covenant relationship with God, the Bible says we are part of the new creation. Or as 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, if we are in Christ, we are new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. Now, I know that doesn't feel like it. There, there are times in our lives like, man, I'm the same person that I've always been. That's where we have to kind of doubt our feelings and hold on to the promise that God has given to us. That we're no longer our old selves. Instead, now we are new creations. We're new people. We have a new identity. Our old sin no longer defines us. Our old actions no longer define us. Our old identities no longer define who we truly are. When we hold on to the promises of God, we hold on to the reality that in spite of our feelings, we are new creations. We are his children. Right? We, are, we are co-heirs with Christ. That's who we are. We are God's ambassadors and ministers and priests. Even though we may not feel like it. Even though we may feel like, man, I, I, I'm no good at any of this. But this is the reality. The reality is that we are new people. We have a new identity, so we need to forget what has come before us, how we've been defined in the past, what we thought our identity has been. So how do we do that? Because it's easier said than done. It's easier to say, hey, just forget what's in the past. So how do we go about forgetting what's in the past and holding on to this reality that we live in right now? Well, first of all, I think we need to pray and ask God to show us who we are. God, reveal, your, reveal to me who I am. Remind me who I am. On a regular basis, God, Remind me. Remind me of your truth. Remind me of your promises. And then the second thing I think we need to do is that we need to memorize a passage or two, like 2 Corinthians 5.17, that tell us God's promise about who we are so that we have that in our heart, in our mind, that we can recall when the world when Satan is whispering in our ear, hey, you're, you're a no good, rotten sinner. That's who you are. No, this is what God's word proclaims about me. And we hold on to that reality. We also have to not only let go of our past identity, but we also have to let go of our past obstacles. Right? Because as I've said, we've all tried this process of change and we've all failed at one time or another. Like, oh man, I just can't do this. And we give up. 
Now, I want you to imagine what your life would be like if you did that with walking. With when you were just a little kid, learning to walk, and you stumbled and you fell, and you just said, I can't do this. I'm never going to learn to walk. I'm just going to give up. You wouldn't ever learn to walk. The mastery of any new skill, the mastery of anything in our life requires that we fail. Requires that we have those hiccups along the way. That's how we learn. That's, and it's no different with becoming the person that God wants us to be. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. We're going to mess up. We're going to get angry. We're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to be unloving to other people. Yes, that's part of it. But that doesn't mean we give up. That doesn't mean that we can't change. We keep going forward. Why? Because God has this wonderful thing called grace. And that grace is that safety net that we need. That if we fall, we know God's going to catch us. We know that God's going to forgive us. And so we keep going forward. We don't let those past mistakes, those past obstacles say, you can't ever become this person. You can't ever change. No, you keep pressing forward. You keep trying. Because that's what God has called you to do. You're not defined by that anymore. So you forget what is in the past. You forget your past and you move forward with Jesus. So the first action is to forget the past. The second action for spiritual progress is to press into the future. Verse 14. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. That heavenly prize of bearing God's image, of truly being his people. We press on for that to be a reality for us. And so if we're going to do that, we need to be full of vim. Now, vim means energy or or enthusiasm. So we need to be full of vim, vim, like in vim and vigor, full of vim. Now, vim is an acronym that Dallas Willard uh, coined to talk about how spiritual formation happens in our life. So V stands for vision. We have to have this vision that we truly can be different people. I stands for intention. We have to be intentional about this. And M stands for means. We have to have those different steps, those different disciplines or whatever that help us practice to become the people that God created us to be. And so I think a good illustration of what VIM looks like is Financial Peace University. You start off with the vision of, hey, I can be a financial, stable person. That's possible. So you have that vision. The intention then is, 
hey, I'm going to sign up for this and I'm going to show up. A big part of change is just showing up. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do this. And then the means are the seven baby steps that Dave Ramsey gives you. So if you follow that pattern, change, transformation can happen in your life. So we need to visualize or have this vision that we can be loving people, that we can be faithful people, that we can be these people that God created us to be. And then we have to have the intention of doing it. There has to be some commitment that we make to do it. And then we have to have the means. And that's where the spiritual disciplines come in. The spiritual disciplines are those practices that we implement in our lives to help transform our minds, renew our minds, so that transformation can happen, that we can live this out. But it all starts here in our minds. And developing the muscle memory, right? That's another huge part of learning a new skill is muscle memory. And we develop those things. That's what the spiritual disciplines are all about from the prayer and study and memorization and meditation and worship and giving and service and all those types of things. They help develop us into the people that God wants us to be. They change our hearts and our minds. They give us that muscle memory. But you also have to be intentional. You have to choose to do those things. You don't accidentally fall into them. You need to choose to do that. So you need to be full of them. But we also need to be part of a community. This is is huge. We need to be part of a community. So often we fail because we try to make these changes all by ourselves. We don't have anybody walking alongside of us. We don't have anybody encouraging us along the way. It's one of the benefits of the church, or at least it should be, that we have people who are encouraging us along the way. Because each one of us here this morning, right, I hope so. It's in this process of transformation ourselves. None of us, like the Apostle Paul, none of us have reached perfection yet. And so we're all on this. We may be at different points along the journey. We may be dealing with different things. But we all want to see transformation happen in our lives. And so we encourage one another. When we stumble and fall, we encourage each other. We pray for one another. We help each other along. And we offer each other grace and forgiveness. That's essential. Because I've been listening to some podcasts on change, and, and, and one of the things that hold us back is when we're in communities that are legalistic and shame-filled, where they kind of discipline you through shame. Like, that doesn't bring about transformation in your life. 
And when you're part of a group of community that's, that's graceful, full of grace and encouraging, that makes all the difference. Now, that doesn't mean, right, that we become permissive. That's the, that was the problem that first that Corinthian church had, that Paul wrote a letter about. Like, hey, you guys are too permissive here. There's this guy in sin, and you need to deal with it. You can't just be permissive about it. But most of us aren't flaunting God's law. Most of us are, have these intentions to be the people that God wants us to be. And so we need, we need just that, that grace, that encouragement along the way. Keep your eyes on Jesus and following him. Keep pressing forward. Keep moving forward. So be encouraged. More than anything this morning, I want you to be encouraged. 2023 can be a fresh start for us. We can recommit to follow Jesus we can remember that our goal isn't about perfection. We might, we'll, we'll get there. I think that's what the return of Jesus and, 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 and that, is all the, the, that is all about. New heavens, new earth, all, that's about perfection. We'll get there. But right now, it's all about making progress. We want to be a little more like Jesus when 2024 rolls around than we are today. Let's keep making that progress. So here's our bottom line this morning. Our faith will help us make progress in our journey to become more like Jesus. Our faith will help us make progress in our journey to become more like Jesus. It's not about being legalistic. It's not about all these rules and regulations. No, it's about faith and faithfully following Jesus along the way. Faith that is able to leave the past behind, that believes the promises of God, that encourages us to live out what we believe, to keep progressing to be like Jesus. And so we hold on to that faith. We are faithful to Jesus. And so here's our challenge. Our challenge is to write down one goal for your spiritual formation and to think of the steps that you need to accomplish it. What is one way that you would like to be different? And what is it going to take for you to get there? We need to focus on making progress and not be discouraged because we haven't reached perfection yet. I hope you were encouraged by this message today. We need God's wisdom to guide our lives. And the starting point to gaining God's wisdom is the Bible. May this message help you in your pursuit of wisdom as you continue to follow Jesus. God bless.